Welcome to Good Christian People, an honest conversation between church leaders who recognize we're not perfect, we're barely good, but we want to be great. On today's episode, Tim tries to take five people to a desert island, Josie learns how microphones work, and together we kick off a new series looking at worship. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Good Christian People. The podcast. Episode 21. That's so weird. That's so aggressive. Like, German is so aggressive for... No, like, even their numbers sound mean. Does it sound mean? I, I Your think mic it is sounds, droopy again. Is you it have droopy? droopy? You have Very droopy, droopy mic. Droopy mic. How about that? That's there, better. Nice. Is that better? Much. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fun to watch it fall down as it goes on. Hey everybody, I'm Jeff. Over there is Tim. Tim, say hi. What's up, all? I realize I always announce, I'm like, I'm like, there may be people who are confused about who is who because I always say who your names are. Uh, the guy with the droopy mic is Josie, and I'm so excited about this. We are gathered in-house with our pal, Brianna Jarrett Esquire. Hello, everyone. <laughs> yes, that was good. You did really well for your first... For your first thing, yeah, we're uh, we have a guest today. This is exciting. We have had two guests uh, before, uh, Brianna, but you know, being in the typical Baptist church, we had to make sure they were two white guys before we uh, brought the lady in. But uh, Brianna, we're we're excited to have you on here. Why are you on the podcast? Uh, we don't know either. It's <laughs> great. You guys asked me. Yeah, we did. We we gave you a lot of prep time and just said, hey, we would really like to get you on the show. In fact, we've been talking about having Brianna on for other conversations and not this one. Uh, but so we promised Brianna, will, you may be our third guest, but you will probably be the guest that we have on the most, uh, at least till we get a little more popular and have like better networking. I've been talking about having you on the podcast since before we started the podcast, because the text chain that the three of us mm-hmm. have going about worship music and all that kind of stuff. And your bickering back and forth is like this brother sister relationship that you guys have. Yeah. Excuse me. Toxic brother and sister relationship. Very that you much. Guys have. Broken um, home. I thought would make good listening for a podcast and so you are always you are always in my mind <laughs> it's not weird at all <laughs> no oh, but uh, so welcome to finally be on yeah finally well, being on we had initially talked about having you on like as as a person on the panel uh but that was when we were discussing like hot cultural topics and things that were going on in the news and honestly we just didn't trust you it's just like we're so good, good instincts yeah so her hero is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, and that's uh, that's about all you need to know as to why we didn't say, hey, pull up a chair, um, a very small chair. In fact, uh, Brianna is incredibly short, and we're all looking for phone booths around here. I mean, phone booths, phone books Good to call. put around. It took, uh, what, not even five minutes to get to that. I mean, it's it's jarring <laughs> when we all look like... I, you make us the rest of us feel like we're giants. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So this is this is exciting. We're we're glad that you're here, and this is actually an important day for your family. Uh, so it really is pretty remarkable that you are here because what is today in your family? Today is Fred's birthday. Fred is an angel. Yeah. Fred Jarrett, I know you're listening to this. 
uh, happy birthday, buddy. Like it's about a week late. Fred is the nicest person. He I is, think I've ever he met. is the nicest, kindest, gentlest person. You married way up. I did. That's, yeah. that's 100% true. I don't know why. Um, I don't know why we're together. Yeah. To be totally honest with you. I mean, the only thing we're we have, all confused. We have three things in common. Our three children. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Yeah. That's about it. I mean, we both like the Rocky movies. Um, yeah. But other than that, he is so very kind, so very compassionate. He's so positive, um, always sees the good in people. And you are the exact opposite. Opposites attract. Exact opposite. Exact opposite. Yeah. So today is Fred's birthday. He, uh, we're not, we're not doing anything to celebrate today. We're going to celebrate on Friday. But what are your plans? Six. Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yeah. I'm a couple months older than Fred. Yeah. He's a, a little upset that his hair is going gray. He blames me for that completely. Uh, yeah, I can get that. But he's not losing his hair. Yeah. So I feel like... Rather turn gray than turn loose. It's right? Yeah. I mean, you know about this, Tim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> shots fired. I like this. Yeah, I do. You I know, like this. You know about this. I'm like a better looking Steve Martin over here. Right? So, yeah. I'm just saying, it, gray, I'm fine with gray. It's <laughs> fine. You still have all your hair, so... Yeah. Whatever. You at least have the standing to... Uh, Droopy. To, to com- I know it's drooping. It's going to keep drooping, but it sounds fine. You just need to hold it every time you want to talk. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. Um, like a, I don't know, some kind of pastor or something. Yeah. Um, you have no standing complaint about like losing your hair versus going gray. I personally am. I'm both losing my hair, and I also found like two gray hairs the other day. So two gray two hairs. Two gray hairs. Wow. In the wow. in the unique position of both having lost hair and going gray, I would say I would much rather go gray than lose my hair. Right. Like, just yeah. for men. Also, yeah. some people have the balding. In such strange pattern, like my older brother at Christmas, we were all making fun of him because he's starting to bald like right where a yarmulke should go. Sure. Yeah. Like just Fryer right. tuck kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he's like doing everything and anything to keep keep that hair from going away. But One of our previous guests on the podcast has a similar bald spot. Yeah. Justin Hannigan. Yeah. <laughs> no. Right. Like, I mean, it's just, that's unfortunate. I really feel for these folks. Sure. But yeah. Fred's, he's, he's wonderful. He follows me around with uh, seltzer water and coffee, and he does everything. How's yeah. your Christmas? I heard that you you two were inexplicably linked, or yes. explicably linked for Christmas. <laughs> Correct. And, uh, kitten for the kids, and for, Jeff was yes. your ridiculous. He was your your what? What would you call he that? He was our alibi. All pair kitten sitter. Yeah, yeah. kitten yeah. sitter for how many weeks prior? A week. A, a week. It was yeah. like eight days. It I felt mean, listen, like nine. Our our dog of ten years. Our family dog died unexpectedly. What? Yeah, our dog died. Yeah, I, yeah no, I heard that. But yeah. what did you call him? Our family dog. Okay. We've had him for 10 years. Is that what I called him? <laughs> what, it, spelled, spelled dog for me. <laughs> dog. Spell it. D-O-G. Yeah, you're pronouncing it D-O-N-G as dog? in dong. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Dog. Def- definitely Canine. don't this. Yes, we yeah. get it. Canine. Canine. Yeah, Boaz. Passed away unexpectedly <laughs> and very suddenly, and it was horrible in every way. I mean, it's just the worst. Yeah. I mean, just the icing on the cake. Of yeah. 2020. It is 2020. I mean, really, like what else could possibly? So it's a swift kick in the dog. <sighs> it's really bad. So, uh, you know, we had to go through that. I've I've lost pets before, but I've never had to communicate it to a, a child. Yeah. So we had Ooh. to tell the kids it was horrible. We were so down about it for a long time. And um, we decided to get Lena a kitten. 
for Christmas. Mm. Yeah. Sort of with our apologies for the year mm. that yeah. this has been. She doesn't get to see friends. She doesn't get to go to school. Uh, so we decided to get her a kitten. We asked Jeff and Jen if they would watch the kitten for a week because we, uh, I mean, you can't like, a, you can't go out Christmas morning and buy a kitten. Sure. I mean, you could, but we decided not to do that. So yeah. we got it a week in advance and Jeff, I asked Jen and also Jeff if they would <laughs> keep the kitten at their house so we could go to their house and get it uh, Christmas Eve. And Jen said, yeah, absolutely. And I think you know who makes the decision. And Jeff know. complained about it every <laughs> single moment. The whole time. He complained sure. about it, and also his kids fell in love with it. Yes, so they did. So guess who also has a kitten now? Uh-huh. Guess who has a, a babysitter? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm dead serious. So like, Free babysitting, because right. they, they want to come over and see the kitten. Yeah. Well, it came, yeah. The text came in as, are we good enough friends that we can ask you for a right. favor? Are we at the level where we can ask for favors? And I went, <laughs> oh, no. Because you never, you can't say no, because in that hurts somebody's feelings but if you say yes then it's a blank check you say depends on the favor right yeah but that's what that adults say they have enough going on that i can just say am i don't you feel bad for us we have a kid in a wheelchair how can yeah. you say no to us i know and so so jen <laughs> Look, very much was like that just, i use it for everything can't. we can't come to your thing because we have a kid in a wheelchair all <laughs> i know all i know is whenever you guys decide to go to disney we're going with you listen oh, heck we're yes. go, we were gonna go this year i said we have one kid in a wheelchair we're going to disney world we get to the front of every <laughs> Line. We you. board the plane first. Whatever, it's fine. I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> but so everybody else had a good Christmas, though. It's great. Anything exciting happened? No. It was a. It was first a good Christmas day. for us and the baby, but it yeah. was it was very um, um, muted compared to what our expectations were going to be with a sure. child's first Christmas. But that is what it is. It was it, like it was a good moment. Well, yeah. So now our 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 family has a dumb cat because they fell in love with it and immediately. My family was like, well, we need a cat. And I'm like, oh. Good so luck with that. It's, so it's terrible. So we got it, and it's in our house now. Uh, so we're, I, get, I guess we're cat people. I don't know. But, but Christmas morning was great because we really knocked it out of the park for the kids. And so. Yay, materialism. Materialism Whatever. all I just rolled the vacation long. budget into the Christmas budget. Pretty Who much. Who knows when we're going anywhere. Pretty much. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we we just were like, well, we're just gonna, and so there were tears, and there was happiness, and that's what Christmas is all about. Funny thing is, for fifteen years, Jill and I, our Christmas budget was our vacation budget. Like Christmas was oh, like, yeah. hey, we're Kiss going that on, goodbye. yeah, it was gone. <laughs> yep. No, we're gonna we're gonna teach that kid the beauty of experiences. Watch it. Watch. Yeah. Well, that well, no, that's I'll a remind, I'll remind you of that. Normally, <laughs> in our in our house, normally experiences are part of the Christmas present. Like normally tickets show up somewhere yeah. like hey we're taking you to this we can't do that this right. year so we had to so you just bought everybody in the family their own ps5 so you could network no together. we bought we, i mean it was enough to get one yeah like so we got that and uh and so that was that was good my question for the room is when do you all un christmas like when do you take everything down whenever jill says that we should which is, is there, normally is like it? february really yeah really? Oh, i'm stuff day. up New Year's Day. That's when I want to do it. Yeah, New Year's Day. I make it look like Christmas never happened. We erase Christmas. Yeah. Start from scratch. New Year's Day. Good for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, you're like the Grinch, who takes cats from kids really, to fall in love with them. Oh my gosh! For the record, just so you know this, and if your kids listen to this, they don't. I offered, I offered to keep our kitten at the Higgins. Don't house you dare say that be- out loud. Because their their kids had fallen in love with the kitten, <sighs> so I was like, well, Lena hasn't even met the kitten yet. So you can get another one. I'll take that one. And your kids love this one. 
but they wouldn't do that, which I'm happy about because it's a really cute kitten. This we is one hundred percent being edited out, Josie. <laughs> I swear to you, I will. I offered oh. that. No, no, I'm I'm actually going to de Christmas today because Jen is a big believer that you go into the new year fresh. I, th- and, I like I'm, and I like trash it. day is tomorrow, so I got to put the tree out tomorrow. I like it. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, you get a you get a real tree every year. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. We we, we, we believe in Jesus mm. and Christmas, so we just got a We're couple not things. Wasteful, but you know, that's no, fine. yeah, that's fine. All right, you barely celebrate Christmas. You like Christmas with the cranks, like you barely mm-hmm. do anything. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, that's all coming to an end. Let's right? go on a cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just a couple things from this week before we jump into our topic for uh, today. I am so excited because I don't know when you first invited me. I think it was like seven years ago. I had never played in fantasy football, and then you invited me. That first year, I went on a run, 8-0, and then I ended up losing in the playoffs. And yet, here I am now with one game left to play, and I have a 15-point lead. Congratulations. You know what I do for I'm fantasy lose. football every year? I'm going to lose. Uh, even, I'm the, I know what, I'm the commissioner? I get, yeah, yeah. Is that what you call it? I click begin season. Uh-huh. <laughs> every year, that's what I do. Yeah. Yep. And the guy I'm about to lose to was uh, Dave Kurtz, uh, our own Friar Tuck, our second guest on our fourth episode, who auto-drafted and ended up getting players he did not want who ended up exploding and being fantastic. So, But it's going to look like, you know that graphic that everybody posted after the election where it's like Trump was in the lead and then the very last it like shot up and here's Biden over like that's what's going to happen so I'm thinking about so Dave's getting fake points he's getting fake points from his you have like nine starting quarterbacks and I don't I don't like that uh on Christmas on Christmas day so the new thing is for all of these streaming platforms to put out their major movies on streaming now and soul is out and Wonder Woman is out did anybody watch any of them I saw Soul. Did you like it? Fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. We watched it last night. But it does was, it make you cry at the end? Because Pixar can be a little manipulative. It with... wasn't. It, it wasn't up, and it wasn't onward. Onward was not a fantastic movie, but the end. Really the end got is me. just. Oof. The end like, is like, hey, we didn't put a whole lot of effort into the first part, but man, we're gonna carve your heart out on just, this one. Exactly. I don't. Coco I don't makes like me that. cry. Coco. Coco makes oh. me cry. I mean, it's a good movie, but yeah. I just, I'm not here for. Pixar taking advantage of Coco's us emotionally. fantastic. It's yeah. so good. It's, it's one so of my good. favorites. Best best songs, you know, best score that, that Pixar has, in my opinion. Yeah, agree. Um, it's really good. But like Inside Out, I just feel like, come on. Like, I don't want to. Fred cried like a baby through Inside Out. Yeah. And and he won't be mad about me saying that. He's, there are certain movies we're not allowed to watch. Father of the Bride. Yes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> I'm already choking. Have you seen Soul? You haven't seen it. We're going to see it this weekend. It's good. I think you know. I think is this Pixar's like first like black lead film that they've Mm -hmm. done. Yep. Yeah, and I mean it pretty much stayed within that community, and I think it was it was fantastic. It was good. Well, I I respect them for doing that. I think they should. I mean, I'm sad that it took them this long to do that, but um, we're going to watch it on New Year's Eve. And I'm also not Mm. here for like two hour long kids movies. What is that? about yeah here's the thing yeah is soul is it's a it's an animated film but it's really not a kid's film no okay not at all Well, but that's kind of their mo it, now it's I colorful mean, okay yeah right. i mean i did say to jen last night when we we're watching it that if they had tried to do this 10 years ago wouldn't have worked why because, because it's just like animation wise it's so weird like they're blending a lot of animation and it's very heady i mean it has a lot of 
Yeah, it's not kid themed. I mean, no. it's it's, it's appropriate was, for kids. Right. It's just not a kid themed. But neither was Inside Out. Neither was. I mean, Coco was a kid's movie, but it had a lot of adult themes mm-hmm. in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. But I liked it because it's introducing... I like introducing the kids to people who don't look like them. Cultures. And, yeah. yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really good way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're watching it in Eve. I was really excited when the one kid, the 12-year-old in band class, busted out a killer trombone solo. And I was like... Yeah. That female trombone player. When I know. you ever see a female trombone player? I've seen one. Yeah? I've seen a couple. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, anybody watch Wonder Woman? No. You can skip it. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, there's so much hype. I'm so yeah. d- bummed about that. Yeah. You'd be even more bummed if you watched it. Uh, Female lead movies are the worst. They are. <laughs> and and I and I don't want them to be. Uh, like, I was so... When Wonder Woman came out, the I first that's one... that's just for you. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Yeah. That's really on the nose. When Wonder... <laughs> she's about to bust out her gavel. When Wonder Woman came out, the first one, I took my family to the drive-in. It, like, we were like, this is going to be special. Like, I was like really excited you know, for joy to see Wonder Woman, this chick just kicking butt and whatever. And my whole family, like 30 minutes into Wonder Woman, all of them were asleep. They were like, this is so boring. This is so dumb. And I was like, it is boring and dumb, guys, but it's got a woman in it, so you have to like it. And and so like what was (laughs) weird. That's terrible. But how did Kristen Wiig play as the uh, antagonist? She was fine until the movie got really stupid. The first hour of Wonder Woman is fine. Um, it's weird that they call the movie Wonder Woman when she's hardly in it. Oh. Like, there's oh. a, there's a little bit of action, and it's just like an origin story for her. No, it's like the because it happens in 1984. So, the first one took place in the what World War World War Two. Oh, I didn't. I see don't it. World yeah. War One. I, I don't remember World War One. World War One. I. I don't get it. But anyway, you can skip it. So, one quick question, and then we're gonna jump into it, Brianna. Do you know anyone from Council Bluffs, Iowa? No. Okay, yeah. Have you ever say, been? No. I've been, but we You've don't know anybody. You've never been to Council Bluffs, though. I 100% been. A, I flew into Dagon Omaha, drove across. That's where we started Ragbri in 2019. Spent a night in Council Bluffs. So then it really is somebody knows Justin Hannigan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. We've had them. So here, the, the backstory to this is we can tell... On the web, you know, the hosting... Th- where uh, people are listening. We, we can oh. tell where they're listening. And there's this huge red spot in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Nowhere else in Iowa, but <laughs> Council Bluffs, Iowa. Iowa. It's, and, and as of two weeks ago, the people in Council Bluffs had listened more to our podcast than the entire state of Virginia. Like, it was Maryland, the state, Council Bluffs, the town, Virginia, the state. And we're like, who are you? And nobody from Council Bluffs will email Isn't us. Isn't it more concerning that your content appeals so much to Council Bluffs, Iowa? We're definitely going to edit that out. I think we just <laughs> lost all of Council Bluffs. Council Bluffs is a great town. Isn't it a state no one cares about? <laughs> great town. So anyway, thank you for being on our show. That's it for Brianna, guys. By the way, so Council Bluffs, I did. there's a coffee shop there that's tremendous. It's called Scooter's Coffee. I just looked it up. I was trying to remember where I had coffee. And it's a small little chain in the Midwest, I believe. Scooter's Coffee. It was great. So, Council Bluffs, if you didn't like what Brianna just said, email us at goodchristianpod at gmail.com. Tim gets coffee from Royal Farms, so I don't trust your He goes wherever it's cheapest. 7-Eleven. Tim gets coffee from 7-Eleven. I I go wherever it is in my way. But here's the thing. And cheapest. And cheapest. 
Because well, I don't like Starbucks. I just I I'm like, not a Starbucks. No, that's fine. Girl. I'm just saying. And I don't like Dunkin'. I don't like Starbucks I don't or like Dunkin'. Dunkin'. I do not like. What Dunkin'. I America want, runs on Dunkin'. What I want is Glen Burnie or Pasadena, our little tiny little towns, to get an actual coffee shop, like an actual mom and pop. What about Java Divas? Coffee. <laughs> that's the one where the girls are half naked when they give you that. That's yeah. correct. Yeah. How, I've How are you going to judge Java never Divas? Been, uh, no, like an actual <laughs> coffee shop. They serve coffee and it's a little shop. How dare you? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. How dare you indeed, That is right next to your house. (laughs) That's correct. You stop there quite often? I've never been there. And Lana (laughs) asked me about it, and I was like, well, I had to explain it to her in words that I wouldn't be embarrassed if she repeated. Yeah. Yeah. Good good for you. Yeah. That must be tough. So anyway, Council Bluffs, uh, we would love to hear from you. Um, Normally, we don't invite hate mail, but at this point, we just really want to hear from someone in Council Bluffs. Eastside Christian Church. That's where I was. Eastside Christian Church. Eastside. 331 Bennett Avenue West. Wow. Now, like, we're just going to start reading off people's addresses Mm -hmm. at this point. Go to Eastside Christian Church. Seems like a pretty good place. And Scooter's Coffee. Scooter's Coffee right next to it. Guys, we uh, wanted... This is our first episode of 2021, and we're very excited because even though we aren't technically in 2021 yet, we are just a few days away, as we all know, that as soon as 2020 ends, everything gets better immediately. Uh, Nothing is going to be bad. It's a brand new year, fresh start. It's going to be great. Probably not. Uh, We're still probably going to be at the thresholds of wherever 80s for a while <laughs> uh so but what we wanted to do is we we do have i know in the last episode i said we had no idea where we're going uh one thing we can tell you that we're pretty excited about is in february we're going to do a whole series of four weeks uh working through just conversations uh with some guests about racial reconciliation the church's response to that the church's role in that um and so that that's going to be kind of a, a heavy series in the midst of like Black History Month. We want to take the time to really emphasize and focus on that and give voice to whatever we can give voice to. We know that that'll be heavy and that'll be uh, kind of a, a very serious set of episodes that we're going to go through. And so what we're going to do for the month of January, we're going to keep it a little lighter uh, coming out of the holidays and the politics. We could probably use a little bit of a breather. So if you are a part of our faith community, we hope to give you a little bit of behind the scenes, some information on our philosophies and our understandings of worship, how we approach things. If you're not a part of our faith community, hopefully you'll still be encouraged as we talk about worship and all that it means, the importance of it in our lives. To get us started, though, I thought it'd be an interesting way to kind of express who we are and give people a glimpse into our personal preferences and how we approach worship by giving our list of our Desert Island worship leaders or a band or a group or thing. So what I've asked you guys to do is come up with five groups, bands, worship leaders that you go, if I was on a desert island and I could only take these five their their repertoire, their library of music. Repertoire. Who would you take with you? It's a big word. It is. I learned it today. So who's going first? Let's let the lady go first. Lady. Lady. So give us lady. your list. Give us your list of your five favorite worship leaders, artists. From the moment I saw you. Sorry. Sometimes I just get inspiration. Yeah, oh, I'll give her a second good. to think. Like you sounded great what? on uh White Christmas. If you all didn't listen to I the blooper, even, most people, most people, of course, don't. I haven't. No, but I'm talking about to our listeners. The people, do, do, do. By the way, you keep thinking. 
I have Josie, mine written down. No, it's I'm good. Ready. Hang on, hang on. I need to say this because I forgot to say this. Josie, I absolutely loved your harmonization in that tune. Like it was subtle. It was buried, but it was perfect. If you go back, Tim's not going to listen to it. But it really was. I had to tell people, make sure you go back and listen. And like Josie, like you can sing. I had no idea. I know I can sing. Well, Floppy oh, mic. No, I'm saying I didn't know you could sing. Anyway, it sounded really, really good. And Brandon was like, man, Tim has a killer voice. And I'm like, Ugh. Thanks, yeah. Brandon. All right, so Brianna, Jack of all, you're five. <laughs> we put we pitched it in a key that was really good for you and was terrible for me. Well, oh, we, yeah. we all know you can't sing, so you know it's just more proof. I knew Tim could sing. Tim's got a nice singing voice. Yeah, sing. Tell me how fantastic I am again. You have a nice singing voice. Thank you. Perfect. All right. All right. Yeah. Now, 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 right. say that to me. <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. So <laughs> this is the we're about to talk about who our favorite worship leaders are, right? Yeah. yeah. Now, and to be clear, so uh, uh, while I have the, like the pulpit ministry, I'm, I have across from me basically our two worship leaders, right? In uh, one who is a worship pastor, another who is our volunteer worship leader who just led yesterday because our worship pastor didn't want to work, you know, That's come not... come to church on a Sunday. <laughs> In our modern service, All right, we still so have we still have a classic service. What's the over under on how many times you, both of your names are going to be listed as we go around the room? Oh, zero. I don't think we agree on anything. Okay. All right. No, I'm you, you, you no, think I'm that... saying your name. No. Oh no, probably no. not. No. No. Just making sure. No, I would probably say me once. Okay, if Josie goes. All right, so Brianna, take it away there. Let's do it. Okay. Um, my top five, Chandler Moore, Naomi Rains, uh, Callie Heiligenthal. I don't know if that's how you say her name. So apologies if it's not. Brandon yeah. Lake and Melissa and David Helser. Why do you like them? The Helsers? No, what, any of any them. Of oh, them. any of them? Yeah. Brandon Lake's the only one I recognize. Yeah. Oh. He's the guy who looks like the guy from, from the, Workaholics. Yeah, Workaholics. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, they're just doing really great stuff. I love Naomi Rains and Chandler Moore are so talented musically and the way that they, um, I don't know. They're from Maverick City Music, which I'm going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. Um, yeah, I really love what they're doing because, mm-hmm. and there was an article about them. I forget in what magazine, but I read it online and they were talking about how the style of music is not exactly gospel. Mm-hmm. But everyone was like, oh, these are not, these are all people of color. These, not all, but this is a good. It's eclectic mix. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So they kind of wanted to put in a gospel box, but it's not really that. Um, so I love that they're doing something new. Um, and I think, uh, in my opinion, the songs that I'm, that I'm listening to that are by Naomi Rains and Chandler Moore are so honest. And I love that. Um, Callie Heiligenthal is from Bethel. Um, she lost her daughter uh, yeah. um, okay. a year ago. Mm-hmm. I love the way that she has approached worship since that happened. I love to follow people who are going through something and are worshiping in mm-hmm. the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've done that, and it's a hard thing to do. Um, so I love what she's doing. Uh, Brandon Lake is... Um, I'm not, I not. I love what he did with Elevation. He wrote the um, Graves into. I don't know if he wrote it, but he leads Graves into yeah. Graves into Gardens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love his style of worship. It's really upbeat, um, and it's not like much of what you hear. <laughs> and you guys have similar hair. Correct. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Melissa and David Helser. 
look, I grew up in the Assemblies of God. Mm-hmm. So coming to a Baptist church was a brand new experience for me. I always thought the words on the screen were just a suggestion. No, what, no, we've, we figured that of out. Of what you can sing, <laughs> yeah. if you are so inclined. So yeah. Melissa and David Helser are just so... Um, untethered in worship, and that's so appealing to me, my personal style of worship. I love following them, and um, again, super honest, transparent, um, and yeah, I guess that's why. So I've never asked you this question, so we can edit it out if necessary, but growing up in the AG, you know, more Pentecostal background, all that kind of stuff, have you have you ever had like a you know prayer language worship language kind of have you ever done kind of the speaking in tongues? No, I no. haven't personally, but I grew up around it, so yeah. it's not weird to me. Yeah, um, I grew up like that's that's just my background. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so I'm not weirded out by that at all. Sure. Um, I I grew up in like during worship if there's a prophetic word, someone's just gonna mm-hmm. shout it out, and mm-hmm. I I don't you know. It, that doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. So coming to faith, it was super. It felt really, really conservative. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That took some getting used to. Sure, but yeah, yeah. I'd be interesting to talk about that. I mean, and maybe not this one, but maybe next one because you're you'll come back on again next week. Is that a statement? Or a... I'm asking. <laughs> there, I didn't. <laughs> I made it as a declare. You will come on. Well, if you want to talk about like, yeah, personal spiritual languages and all that kind of stuff, if you want to introduce the topic with the one who has the most experience in it and then not invite her back, I think that would be oh, a she, little bit of you a blow. You guys introduced it. No, she said she'd come back on next week. Yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah. yeah. All right. And so we'll, we'll try to, we'll try to get your, uh, yeah. your theology correct. Uh, Tim, give us. I was a joke. Tim, give us your five. Oh, I'm going deep dive. You know I'm going to go deep dive. Uh, oh, can boy, I? Can I go. guess? Is Keith, I already know Jeff's top five. Keith, I bet Keith you do. Green is not on the Keith on the Green. List. Michael no. W. Smith has to be on there. Michael no, w. he's not. He loves Michael W. Smith. I went to his Christmas concert yeah. like, before Lena was yeah. born. It was magical. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. Him and Amy Grant. Uh, no, it was him and a choir yeah. at the BSL. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. It was just so fantastic. And then John, I've saw him a few times. What, yeah. what kind of soup did you guys have on the way there, grandparents? Did he have a full orchestra and everything? Shut your mouth. <laughs> Uh, yeah, full orchestra. That's the thing. That's the thing that Jeff doesn't understand. He writes his own pieces. He, I, he's all I wrote, of the, so talented. No, that's fine. All of the orchestration. I understand it that. It was magical. I wrote it was orchestration magical. for our Christmas stuff. I get it. It's not yeah, that hard. It was fine. Go ahead. He had help. <laughs> all right, so give us your top five. All right, so I'm, I went a little bit out of the box, right? Okay. So you said worship leaders slash band slash group, and so I basically went with Christian artists, musicians. Okay. All right, so if I'm going to be stuck on a desert island with people, I, I want somebody that I like to listen to sing. Okay, so, so I'm me. loving her voice, Kim Walker-Smith. All right, I get oh, So yeah. I've got her at the top of the list, Jesus Culture. She has like one of the most fantastic you know, vocals, lead vocals. Um, uh, for, for guitar, Phil Keegee. Phil okay. Keegy, one of the greatest guitar players of all time, much less a believer. I've seen him in concert several times. Now here's where I'm going off the reservation a little bit, especially for you. Uh, worship leaders, if you're going to be stuck on a desert island, I want stories. I want a, I want good, interesting, storied people. I don't want, just want to hear people you know, sing. So Rich Mullins, Mr. Ragamuffin Gospel right. himself. Okay. okay. Um, I'm telling you, man, read his story. He's, no, I, I no, have. I, yeah. He is, yeah. he is, uh, he's, he's much more progressive than I am personally, in my own opinion, but, uh, he's fantastic, fantastic guy. And, uh, just a, such an interesting story. Now here's the name that you might not even know. Larry Norman. So Larry Norman is, he's like the, 
uh, he's like the father of like contemporary Christian music way back in the day. Um, I, I so I've I've known a little bit of his story, and he kind of he pioneered all that. And he, when it comes to stories, like he bared the brunt of conservative Christian, you know, world with because he was the devil, you know, worship singer mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And he actually kind of brought in some contemporary sound. Uh, but I I did read this quote from him earlier today when I was looking him up. Uh, he said, "My primary emphasis is not to entertain." But if your art is boring, people will reject your message as well as your art. In the 80s, he complained that Christian music was generally sloppy thinking, dishonest metaphors, and bad poetry. Yep. And he he said, uh, never have I been able to get over the shock of how bad the lyrics are. I'm pretty sure that 40 years later, he would say the same thing. All right, fifth and finally. Uh, the A30 band. No, the most <laughs> prolific worship person, worship uh, hymn writer of all time. David. Fanny Crosby. Okay. Fanny Crosby, the woman who was uh, blind from infancy and wrote 8,000 hymns, including Best Blessed Assurance to God Be the Glory, Rescue the Perishing, so many different things. I would love to, I would love to sit next to Fanny Crosby. I really wish I had gone before you. I like know. My I feel list. like you're okay. so much more spiritual. What are you going to say? You're going to say us. Lincoln Brewster? <laughs> no. No. Chris Tomlin? No. That's so judgmental. Sort of. Tim. I know. No, so, yeah, I mean, I think you're getting our personalities out here. So, Brianna, Phil Wickham is on your list. For Phil sure. Wickham. Obviously, Phil Wickham. Yep. David Crowder. Yep. So, yeah, I go with, I think I went with artists that to me, I think my bent is a little more corporate versus personal worship like they all have they've all written like private personal worship stuff Mm -hmm. which i benefit from i went with interesting people you went with music that you like yeah Yeah. i mean if i'm yeah Yeah. to me if i have to listen to something on a desert island like after a while after a while i want to hear their stories shut up from your singing and rich melons tell me your story yeah but i mean i yeah, I'm not. He's not. They're not coming on the desert island with you. I'm just saying you get like a CD Tim, of them. Tim took it literal. Oh, he I really did. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, I'm surprised yeah. by that in no way. Yeah, <laughs> I just. I'm the engineer in the well, two engineers yeah. in the room with two creatives, and so we we take I'm things not, a little bit more literally. I love that you guys think I'm a creative. No, I don't think that. <laughs> uh, so, so my my yeah my five uh, Phil Wickham voice of an angel he writes really good stuff um to me he can he does a really good job of marrow marrying like the poetic but still keeping it like theologically sound and and because i know we argue about this a lot yes you just like poetry i like poetry that makes that's sense. that's unfair no. yeah but we'll talk about that um in terms of corporate, the the two that that to me are hitting it out of the park consistently. North Point. North Point. Yeah, I love North Point and the stuff that they do. I don't love watching them. Like we went to North Point back in May, of it was too polished for you. It it was it was too performancey. Mm-hmm. It was very it was it was weird. It was like the Mickey Mouse Club for Jesus, and I was like, okay, guys, like you've got really good music. Um, dial back some of the jazz stepping like i could do without that uh passion you know like they still put out good stuff and they have kind of a whole slate of worship leaders um so the one that i i put on here with an asterisk this is somebody i love to listen to and i like some of their story but their story lately has gone off the rails in fact they have basically renounced their faith but it's gunger like oh. gunger to me they wrote the most interesting stuff, like musically, uh, the, the talent pouring out of them is a gift from God. What they did with it 
loved it uh, where they are now spiritually. It's it's sad to me that they just kind of basically said, yeah, we don't really believe in God anymore. And so there's another interesting conversation there to have at some point about can you still use the art of people who have basically renounced the things that they've said and they've done, or as we've talked about, like Ravi Zacharias and some of these other people, um, John MacArthur, who you could sit there and go, yeah, in, in the past you had ministered to me, but because of currently what's happening, does that negate the things that have come in the past? And so Gunger to me, up there with an asterisk, uh, I love their music. I thought they did such inventive things that just challenged. I mean, like when I saw them in concert, my brain hurt afterwards, which is sort of weird to think like after a while, it's like, I'm just, I kind of need less music because they're just so intense. And then, you know, shout out to, uh, my boy, David Crowder. Um, I discovered him in the summer of 2000 when the first passion album came out and I was in my first church as a 19 year old trying to lead worship. My first Sunday in that church, I led in a suit and conducted a, a <laughs> poor piano player uh, in Brethren We Have Met to Worship, which like now, if you know me, like uh, like 10 years after that, I was uh, in a Mohawk and Chucks. Brethren We Have Met to Worship is not one that we often, I got rid of the Mohawk, I kept the Chucks, but the Brethren We Have Met to Worship is not something that we typically would, would use now. But I went on uh, a mission trip with my new church at the time, and somebody handed me their first Passion CD, and Make a Joyful Noise, I Will Not Be Silent came on, and I was like, I did not realize worship music could sound like this. Was that Passion One Day CD? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And and that, I mean, and it had Tomlin, it had Matt Redman, and, and all that stuff, and I just was like, Charlie Hall, I'm like, what in the world is this? And then that totally reinvented how I viewed worship music, and so I'm... I'm and, and the stuff that Crowder has done, like most people were out doing Hillsong, were out doing Bethel or Elevation, and you could pretty much count if Crowder dropped a new single, we would be playing it uh, where most people would not be. We still play Crowder to this day, uh, so that's that's great. Uh, so good. I mean, so hopefully you, you catch a glimpse of a little bit of our personalities in terms of where we're coming from, um, some a little more conservative, some a little bit more uh, you know progressive, and then you have Grandma who just wants to hear people tell their stories. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about a little bit of worship. We're going to focus on... Proud of it. Yep, on corporate worship. Did you and not want to give Joe his opportunity to he, praise you? No, he didn't. Oh, la, 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 la. No? He, he said... Who's he, your he, favorite? I think Gunger would be up there for you. Gunger is definitely up there. Floppy um, Mike. But, you know, there's... It's not floppy, Timothy. You just got to talk into the microphone. <laughs> I am talking. Episode 21, we were learning how the mic would work. Uh, no, yeah, Gunger's up there, but you know, like there's the whole Donatus problem where like is his stuff really still worthwhile if, if he's kind of renounced it. Right. Um and he and his wife as well. Um I, I don't have a complete list, um, but you know, like Gunger. Um uh, did anyone say Elias Dun Dummer? Uh he was my number six. Okay. Dummer? No, yeah. I've never heard of him. Well, I I don't know. I wasn't listening. Um <laughs> <laughs> Tim doesn't listen when it's done. You don't listen during. Yeah. Sorry. Um Elias Dummer, he's the the lead singer up until like 2017-ish for the City Harmonic. Oh, oh okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah say that next time. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll go a little bit more personal. We were talking about personality. Like, for me, family's really important. My, my Aunt Angel, um, she's the pastor over at uh, Faith Community Church down in Norfolk. And uh, I grew up, like, going down there for Christmas and Thanksgiving and 
since we're around the holidays, it's like a, I would have been there if I was seven, like listening to her do worship for yeah. church. Aww. So I like that. That's nice. Good call, man. All right. Me and Joe, and we Andrew. went deep. We went deep. <laughs> yeah. And then me and Brianna went with people you've heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Quite honestly, I, I've heard of yours. I haven't heard of most of her. No, me <laughs> either. Yeah. yeah. No. That's good. But I mean, no, it's just kind of an idea that if you're looking for something to listen to, here are some, here are some options. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about worship a little bit, particularly corporate worship today and kind of our philosophy of it. Um, there is a difference between personal and corporate, and we're just going to kind of dive into a little bit of that today. And so just to kind of get us started, just throw this out there. Um, when we talk about worship, particularly corporate worship, you know what, and I guess it could be private as well, but when we think about worship, what do we mean? And what is that to you? Who wants to open up? Honestly, I'd love to play third fiddle and just let the two worship leaders kind of go back and forth and I'll add some stuff in. So what does it mean to you, my friend? You're the worship pastor. Yeah, but I have a good answer. So I want to let other people go who don't have as good of answer. So Brianna, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, worship to me, I've always understood worship to mean we are reflecting back the goodness of glory and glory of God. Um, both personally and in corporate worship. So I, in, cor- in a corporate setting with our church family, we're inviting people to do that with us. We yeah. all do that together. Um, but it, it's not, so I guess the point of what I'm saying is it's not anything that originates in us, right? So it's uh, yeah. it begins and ends with the goodness and awesomeness of God, and we reflect it back to Him yeah. through song or other ways that are not through song. So. Yeah, I mean, go, it, go it, ahead with your terrible answer. No, 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 that was good. No, I mean, it is. It's a response back to what God has done. To it, it's a response to His revelation, who He is, what He has shown us. Um, yeah, it's communion with God. It's experiencing His presence. I know that you know my life. I've had the most personal. I mean, the the deepest moments of worship have been personal, um, because that's when you can get really nasty and you can snot all over the place and just cry. Right. You know, and and have that experience. But to me, I love corporate worship um when it when it's done right and by by when it's done right i don't just mean when the band is cooking and everybody is but it's when you get the sense that the people who have come into the room want to be there right yeah um and they they want to experience god's presence with you it, it's amazing to me you know i don't know how many times we can say this to people but and i'll, I'll highlight this later but i think back to our own church that at the start of 2020 we did we had three worship events and like on Sunday evening we had the band, we had the youth band, we had the orchestra, and we just promoted it as like high moments of worship for the church. And we said, Come out, it's gonna be a big blowout, you know, worship thing. And we packed the place out, which is wild to think that that was this year. Um, we we had a, a packed house and from the first note drop where the youth band was starting out with like a rock song. Like people were up and clapping their hands and they were just going nuts. And I, and like in a normal setting, like if it was a normal Sunday morning, I don't know that we would have gotten that. And it's, it's the people came into the room ready to experience God's presence together and to be a part of something. And when you get people who say, regardless of the size of the, the group, that doesn't matter. But when you get people who say, we have come to this moment, we could be somewhere else. And yet here's where we choose to be because we want to experience the power and the glory of God, and we want to tell him all that he means to us, like that's, 
the best. Like it is like you, you are, you are getting a glimpse of heaven right there. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'd love, um, quite often reading that passage in revelation that, you know, everybody's around the throne, every tribe, every nation, every tongue, you know, was seeing glory, hallelujah to the lamb. Um, and yearning for that, but also getting a small little taste every time you gather together yeah. with the church. You said something interesting that I, I, I'd love to ask and drill into real quick. Um, you mentioned that you, uh, you, you love corporate worship, and you said when it's done well, right? Yeah. Which I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. So I, I have trouble sometimes um, when things are just haphazardly thrown together, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I have a hard time even with that as well, because I, as much as I have a sultry voice, uh, <laughs> I'm not a musician, right? And so uh, I can, I, anyway, but I still love music and I mm-hmm. love music that's done well. But here's the question. So um, you love being a part of corporate worship. And one of the reasons is because you lead corporate worship. And I assume that you hone your craft and you're always trying to get better, yada, yada. In the same way that I love the preaching of the word and I try to hone my craft and try Mm -hmm. to get better. Small confession for me, and I'd be interested to hear from you. I struggle uh, being in the pews while someone else is preaching. 100%. Who is, but to, to finish, who is... And this sounds terrible to say, but we're all adults and humans, right? Who mm-hmm. is worse than me? Sure. So I don't have any problem. Like, I can be taught and fed really well by a preacher who's good. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm a five, anybody that's six and up, like, I can sit and soak. But anybody that's a four and down, I'm like, oh, my goodness. I just can't. It, it I struggle yeah. with it. And that's because I know how, how hard I try to work on different things. And how, yeah. and, and so then I, I watch somebody else do it. And so I guess the same happens to you. But to me participation in corporate worship is the hardest thing to do when you're not leading it mm. as a, as a worship leader, because to me, I, I don't know if you're the same way, but like when I go somewhere, I'm just evaluating like, what are they doing? And it's so hard for you. Don't do that. No. You know what? I, um, I went to a Bethel concert with someone from faith who i'm not Mm going to call out because i didn't ask her permission (laughs) but i went to a bethel concert with someone from faith it was not long after ari had his major surgery last a year almost a year ago your son who's in the wheelchair you mentioned him before yes yes thank you yeah so i went um and we and fred and i bought the tickets a while ago Mm -hmm. and so we had been planning to go and then the surgery came up and um it was decided that he would stay home with ari and i would go to the concert and i Mm -hmm. asked um, I asked someone to come with me and I looked at her before the concert started and I was like, just so you know, I'm not even going to acknowledge you for the rest of this <laughs> concert. Like I'm going to mm-hmm. cry like an absolute baby. Sure. Yeah. And, um, I, I had no, I mean, that's a Bethel concert. Right. You know, so they're too. better than you. Yeah. And that's well, right. yeah, but, totally. And so they're a level up. I've and so it's easy. I've never had trouble with it. I mean, I guess there's a difference to me of like bad quality cause you just didn't put in the effort right. and like sincere invitation sure. to people in the room to worship with you, but maybe not the best quality music. See, I've never had yeah. trouble being like, I'm going to turn my brain off for yeah. 30 minutes and just connect with the Lord. Yeah. Maybe that's because I'm more spiritual than you, Jeff. That's no, possible. No, but it's, <laughs> so I can still see beauty in someone who has no musical ability at all that wants to right. get up and sing a song and lead. I can right. still see that. And I don't know if that's just because I'm not on the worship music side, but at the same time, I have a I I I cannot stand listening to bad public speakers. Yeah, and maybe that's yes, maybe that's yes. just a fault in me uh, because I am a public speaker. Well, mm-hmm. I want to clarify too. When I made the comment about corporate worship done well, mm-hmm. I'm not saying 
the pitch needs to be perfect. Sure. Because God yeah. knows we're not perfect. No, that's like correct. We, we're and, not. and when we hear back our uh, our audio, we're like, oh, Ooh, man. Some, we have some cringe worthy. It's moments. amazing yeah. anybody ever gets saved. Yeah. Um, no, what I, what I want to be real clear, what I mean is, is when I say worship, corporate worship done well, it's there is effort that has been put mm-hmm. into preparation. There's been good thought. But then a lot of it also hinges on the people who are not on stage mm-hmm. and how much they have come to experience what's happening. Mm-hmm. There have been a lot of times, I mean, you know, and this is not, an, this definitely not. I, so I, I lead the modern with Brianna uh, and a band. We also have a classic service that my dad leads. And there have been a number of times where my, my bent, my musical expression of worship is in the modern side. Like that's just, it, and the way I, the way I tell people with, you know, with your styles, if Jesus was standing right here and he said, sing me a song, I'm not going to sing brethren. We have met to worship. That's not, that's not my, that's a fine song. Right. Somebody might sing that, but I'm going to sing something else. And, and so that's where, that's the, I hate to use this word, but like your the song of your heart is this. And, and yet there have been times where I have been in the classic service and the, the strength of the worshipers who are going for it leads me in worship because I go, there is something happening here and it is real. And I am, I'm in, I'm in locked into the corporate expression of it where if I were just to listen to this song on the radio or on a CD, I probably would not be having the same expression, but it's because the people in the room mm-hmm. have said, we are here to experience mm-hmm. the presence of Christ yeah. and, and the glory of that. And that to me is where I go, that's worship done well, is when both sides, stage and offstage, have come together to say, we're all here sure. for the same purpose. No, I agree. So I think you're describing like kind of a horizontal aspect of worship and a vertical, which I assume you'll get to at some point in time. Yeah. But... I've mentioned to our church many a times that I think some of my most memorable moments of worship was not when I was in an arena and, or not even yeah. when I was in the room uh, in our own church, but when I was around a campfire or when I was in a very small, um, you know, kind of just environment of people. But it wasn't just random people coming together to sing. So I've had moments like you're talking about yeah. where you're like, I'm just block everything out. It's me and the Lord, mm-hmm. vertical. Yeah. Um, but I've found that some of my most profound moments where we're in the horizontal, um, it, it, it like kind of magnified the vertical. So it was after, you know, it was at the end of a, of a camp day or something, sure. you know, yeah, a, yeah, at, yeah, at, a, yeah. at a camp or at the end of a mission trip day or at the end of yeah. a bike ride day that I do, um, where people, where you've, you've done, you've worked together and you've connected so much prior. And then all of a sudden there's with, with that, you know, con- connectivity, at the end of the day, then you're just multiplying it back vertically. And I've, I've even with there's seven people in the room versus seven hundred, for me, it's there's there's something to that mm-hmm. that that well, yeah. her, horizontal connectivity that that magnifies the vertical. Well, to me, what that comes down to is the response to the revelation. That so often I think we come into a corporate worship setting and we have not experienced God in a meaningful way intentionally outside of these moments of corporate worship or we've not experienced each other mm. right we just we mm-hmm. see each other at 9 yeah. 30 or 11 o'clock on sunday oh hey how you doing and then we expect that we're gonna have feel some sort yeah. of a brethren you know relationship but yeah. i mean that's that's the church is supposed to be a community right yeah. and i think that enhances your worship but today's modern church where i'll see a in you know a, a week i think yeah. it hinders our worship well i yeah and so i mean what i was saying is that 
like in those moments that you talk about camp days, um, mission trip experiences, those have always been my highest expressions of worship because it's I have seen God do something supernatural in my life today, and so I'm going to respond to it in the evening. Um, not that it has to be in the evening, but I mean, I, I've gone through, God has walked with me, and I can sit there and say, here is where I saw the hand of God today, and now I'm going to respond to it, which is interesting to me because, and i will probably talk about this next week, I don't know, maybe we'll talk about it this week, um, the one thing I think that I that is is a struggle for me in corporate worship is the way that we set up the format of our corporate worship, and what I mean by that is very often, and I, I mean, I've been told by people in our church, not recently, but um, but a while ago when we were kind of kicking off the modern service, uh, I was told by by leaders in this church, you know, the worship is just the warm-up act. Like, and I'm going, oh, I feel so, and by worship, they mean the music. And and my my response to that is, I feel so bad for you that that's how you view everything that comes before the message, is that it's not something in which I'm, responding to God. Um, and so in, inevitably what ends up happening is sometimes if we don't have those moments of encounter with Christ throughout the week that we come and say, you know what, God, all you've done for me this week, I can't get, I can't wait to get into a corporate worship setting and respond to you about that. We end up coming in and we sing four or five songs and then we hear a revelation from God and then we sing a chorus mm. in response to it. And very often what you see in Scripture is that the priest would get up and he would read the law, he would read Scripture, and then people would respond to it because they go, okay, this is what we've heard from God. I'm going to respond in this way. One of the things I love is that we have been able to kind of move things around. We're going to be doing a whole lot more in 21. Um, But the times where we have said, hey, we're going to move this sermon up a little bit, and we're going to spend time responding afterwards. Those responses are amazing because people are going, okay, now I know something specific I'm responding to. For us as worship leaders, when we plan worship, we're basically going, what is the pastor going to talk about after four songs? Mm -hmm. And then we try to figure out... How we can support that. yeah, Yeah, like what's the theme? We'll go ahead and we will respond to it as if we just heard a great message on it. Um, and so I, I, you know, that, that to me is, so music is not the warm up act. That's what you're saying. Correct. Huh. I would say, I don't like people respond. Re, re, I don't like people calling the music, the worship, um, because yeah, that, agree. that takes the message out of the worship. Now you can, you know, we, we're going to have the, the time of singing or responsive worship, but to me, I don't like referring to everything that we do is worship and everything you do is preaching. And yet we, you know, that just, it sends the wrong message. Singing is worship. Preaching is worship. Reading is worship. Yeah. Praying is worship. It all yeah. goes Giving together. is worship. Yeah. yeah. And so that, that to me is, is really the, the big thing. And, and, and two, I think, and maybe this is just my bent as a worship pastor, but, uh, you know, every, everybody, I guess, if you're in ministry, you feel like your thing is the most important. Um, to me, <laughs> This makes I think worship is the most important um, because it is the hub of the spiritual wheel. If you get that wrong, if you don't have an engaging encounter with Christ on a regular basis, um, everything else is going to fall apart. And so that to me is like you have to really get that right. Um, and so that do you agree with that? You're looking at me like I disagree. You I don't, agree. Yeah. 
the pastor agrees with me. It can't be. I mean, worship is a is life. Yeah. Worship's not an hour. So if yeah. you're not worshiping during the week and then you expect some profound experience. Yeah. I mean, unless you're walking into an Old Testament temple where the, you know, the smoke is flying around and, you know, the, the veils and the curtains are being torn. I mean, it's, yeah. you, you have to, uh, what, what did you say? It begins and ends with God, right? Beca- yes. So if you does. have not received anything from God that week, how do you expect to be able to reflect anything back? Yeah, exactly. But I don't like, I, I agree with you, Jeff, that um, it's hard to lead worship without participation from the people yeah. That we're leading with, yep. you know, so and I think everyone in this room has experienced that. Maybe I'm. Not, yeah, no, for sure. Correct, when but, you look out and see dead faces. Right, basically. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. But um, I think in and I think in a lot of churches now, and I think this has been going on for a while, people come to church with a consumer mentality. Mm-hmm. And I think the culture supports that. So it's not people who are coming to say, no matter what kind of style of music this is whatever it is, I'm here to meet with the Lord. Yeah. Like, however it happens, it happens. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just here to meet with the Lord. Um, I think people are coming and critiquing the music, and I don't, you know, I think that's normal, but it's hard to lead under those circumstances. And in 2021, as we've kind of, like, restricted uh, attendance, and we put a huge emphasis yeah. on, mm-hmm. like, live streaming and broadcast, I'm, I, as um, Faith's broadcast engineer, who does all, like, the music, like, recording stuff, um, I catch myself caught up in that mentality where I get really stuck on like, if I hear a dead voice in the congregation, I like, I find myself wishing that we didn't have a congregation. We didn't have a crowd sometimes (laughs) right? because it makes my life easier and it makes, it allows me to like put out a, I don't know the right word, like a better product. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's definitely not the right way to think about it, even though I find myself caught up in it a lot. It's a weird balance because you just talked about the product that you're putting out there and it's like you, you want to go. This is an authentic expression. You know, when I hear someone in our ears, you know, we, we use, you know, in order to help, we're not, we don't put in-ears and monitors in our ears because we think we co- we're cool. It just helps, you know, with the sound and not be overwhelming. But when I can hear people who are out of tune, I appreciate the fact that they're expressing it. Um, and and it, it seems, because it's so easy nowadays for people to not sing. And particularly men, like men just don't seem like they're going to sing. But when you you hear it, you're like, yeah, go for it, man. Even though it's incredibly distracting because you hear somebody who's way out of tune and then it becomes, is it going to be distracting for other people? And, and then at that point, then, then I, you know, there's that, I don't know if I'd call it sin, but there's that, that side of me that's just like, oh man, do I just want this person to pull back in their worship? So it sounds better for the rest of us. And I don't like that. Okay, so we keep moving on. Brianna, I want to ask you, because you know our listeners don't know you very well. Um, in fact, I don't know that we even know you very well. <laughs> Where did you start in terms of your understanding of worship, corporate worship, personal worship, and where has kind of like your journey brought you? What have you picked up? What have you, in, to the point of where you are now? Um, so I started, I was 12 when I started playing the piano. And... Um, I started in a youth band. They were down a person one week, and they asked me to hop in, which I did, singing, because I didn't know how to play any instruments. And um, I taught myself. I taught myself how to play the piano. I don't read music. 
I don't know anything about musical theory. I'm not telling you that to brag. I'm telling you that so that you know I'm not a real musician. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fake musician, not a real one. Um, so I, st- I started when I was 12. I literally just played the chords of one song over and over and over again on my parents' piano until I figured it out. Um, and that's where I started. And every church that I went to after that, it was a God thing. I could come in not knowing anyone and sit in the back of the church and always wound up on the worship team. Hmm. Every single one. Hmm. Um, Fred and I, we went. To, we started out at a church in Baltimore City after we got married. Sat in the back of the room. Wound up on stage leading worship. And it just how long? How long? Yeah. Uh, how long ago was that? No. How long did oh. it take you? Like I'm interested oh, to know. A couple months. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a couple months before I came to faith. I was part. We were part of a really dynamic church. Um, mostly all young people. No offense. no offense to you tim Mm -hmm. um and it was a like a hipstery group um and i we were there for a few months they asked me to come and join and and it it was it's the lord because it wasn't like oh i heard some of your stuff on youtube or whatever like i don't have any stuff on youtube nobody knows you know um and it was either join their worship team there meanwhile jeff and tim had asked me to be part. We were pursuing. Right, yeah. yeah. And it made a lot more sense to stay at the community where Fred and I were in Baltimore City um, because it was a good fit. I mean, that was a really cool group of creative young people. Um, and they had an abundance of musicians. Mm-hmm. So Faith was like um, kind of an out-of-the-box choice mm-hmm. for me. And um, Fred and I prayed about it a lot. Um, Lena was only like, a year and a half old, and mm. we thought this doesn't make any sense. We live in Baltimore City, so it makes no sense to go to a church in Glen Burnie with people we don't know. It's a style of worship that I'm not really used to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I felt there was a need. I felt like I could contribute something here yeah. to this community. I could learn something, and I could contribute something. Whereas at the church that we were going to, I felt like I'll be part of something where they're already doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not here one week, there are 10 other people to take my spot, which mm-hmm. is awesome yeah. for them, you mm-hmm. know. But I feel like I could really contribute something here. Sure. You know, I could bring a style of worship. I could be a female person on stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and really contribute to it. Uh, so that's why we that's why we chose to, to mm. be at Faith. And, okay. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, like, if God had called women into ministry, that would be a great story. <laughs> uh, this is just a very happy coincidence. <laughs> Plus, it's not, it's like I have a career, you know what I mean? So it's not like, right. it's not like I was, it's not like I work in ministry. So I feel what, like I have what a totally do do? different, what do you do? I'm an attorney. Oh, that's right. You haven't told anybody in the last five minutes. Oh, so I, I didn't, didn't, I didn't, it's I like don't. like CrossFit. <laughs> I uh so so prior to your hipster church, you were leading worship for a church for several years. Yeah, um, everywhere we went. Yeah, yeah, just not you know. And I remember talking to you before, and I think you kind of you were happy to not lead for a little while too, because yeah. like that was I mean you were you know you had your day job and then you were leading and you know you had this yeah. called bivocational we call it in the church world, but um I don't even know were you being compensated there or it's no. just totally volunteer. I've never um no I won't say I've never been compensated. Sure. Um, but it's never been like, I mean, anything that was right. It's nothing. To, it's just pay for your time. A little right. Bit. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Sure. Yeah. I've always been compensated, so I guess that speaks to both quality and calling. Okay. Or desperation. Um, yeah. <laughs> Nepotism. Nepotism. <laughs> but big you know what? Time. <laughs> See, that's what. And big time. We could. This is probably another another podcast. But 
Um, I, I'm and I'm not pointing my finger at you when I say this. You're even at, I, I mean, you're literally pointing your finger shows, at me. So let's put this finger. on the let's put this on the podcast list to talk about professional pastors. Okay. And like the the cog of a machine that it is when you know it's like hey I want to be a pastor and you're all right you go into seminary and then you Ugh. go to the, and you have like no experience in the real world. I'm not pointing my finger at you. You um, literally were pointing your finger at me. <laughs> but That's right. no, I I think there's 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 I see it too much, uh, I think, especially kind of in the mo- very much more conservative churches um, where they just, they, you know, they, they don't have experience out in, you know, just Main Street life. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that, that's that was we could probably. Just no, I think our listeners time. would really like to hear all about. Uh, what it's like going through the process of becoming a pastor. I think it really would That's be not the point of that podcast discussion. at all. No. <laughs> riveting discussion. But, well, because I don't have the... I don't work in ministry. I what do you I, do again? Shut up. I don't... It's <laughs> the kindest thing I can say. Yeah. Um, I told Jeff, I think recently, I have the luxury of being super honest and humble during worship. Yeah. I have the luxury of doing uh-huh. that. Right? I like miss when, that because right? now I'm 100% paid like full time right. here. Like I, ha- I have the luck when yeah. I get up and I leave worship, even if I wanted to be mm-hmm. guarded, it, mm-hmm. I, I'm not capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's either lead with everything you have and leave my heart on the stage or nothing at all. And that's part of my point. I think in, yeah. in, in like in ministry, there's way too many pastors who have never lived a real life. They've stayed in their little church bubble. Sure. And I'm thankful that before five years ago when I was came full-time here, like I always had another job. I was always straddling a fence somewhere, and I, I think that kind of makes me who I am now. That's my journey. Um, but I think way too many people miss out on that. And you had other jobs as yeah. well. And, and so uh, and I went out and built a testimony. Correct. Lots of drugs. Correct. <laughs> Lots of gambling. I mean, but I can, I, can say, I can say to you guys. That was a joke, need- by the way. Hilarious. Yeah. Well, I can, I, somebody's going to be like, our pastors are crackhead. Yeah, we know that you're joking. Um, I can say <laughs> to you guys, I need to take a week off because I'm dealing with some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I do. Yeah. yeah. You know, if I need to, I will because I don't, I don't know how to get up and just lead anyways. I guess here's my point in that. So uh, you've been honest with your life. And I think we've all been honest from, mm-hmm. you know, you've been honest about your struggles. I think that enhances worship. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think there's 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 a whole kind of segment of church life where they're not there's piety from the pulpit, from the stage, right? And yeah. it's you guys and us. It's the separation of clergy and laity and we're just going to we're here to lead you in your worship moment and then we can go be right. our clerical but, but self. But real worship is humbling. Uh-huh. It has to be humbling. You have to come down yes. to Correct. Uh, right? Like right. if it's real you should come out of that feeling humbled. Yeah, at least leader know? the leadership of yeah, worship. Yeah, definitely. Be, and yeah. I think that encourages people who are in the room to say, "Look how humbled they are. Mm-hmm. I can I can be part of this, mm-hmm. right? Like I can yeah. I can put down, um, you know, all the buttoned upness that mm-hmm. I'm coming in here with, and be humble because look mm-hmm. how humble they're being. Mm-hmm. You know, but I I I'm I'm allowed. I think I have the luxury of taking a step back and saying, if I come and try and lead worship right now, it's just going to be a distraction. I'm just going to be a distraction to the people in the room. Um, so let me get myself right and um, come in and lead. And I, I've had people say to me, I know that what you sang came from a place of brokenness, and I yeah. appreciate you being transparent yeah. and doing that. It's not an easy thing to do, but it's the right way to do it, I think. And I think that, so let me ask one more question here, because uh, we're already off the rails from what totally. we're planning on doing anyway. Sorry. 
So what you're mentioning is, I think it's an interesting discussion. So there, you said there's times where you're like, you know what, I'm not really in the frame of mind. I'd be going to be a distraction if I'm up there leading. I'd be interested in both of you because you've you you lead and you've you've led, um, you know, worship teams before in terms of when someone is going through life. And you might have to say, you know what, uh, you, you need to take some time off right now, whatever it may be. And I know, you, Jeff, you and I have had conversations about someone might be the greatest musician in the world, um, but their their life is so off the rails right now mm-hmm. to put them on stage in a place of leadership, if you will, or a little bit higher elevated just physically in the room would not be a smart thing to do. Yeah. Um, so I'd be interested in just, you know, what do you consider to be the requirements of being on stage in a worship team? You have to be really attractive. Oh, boy. Wow. Um, <laughs> lucky Ringo's got that covered for you. Yeah, no, thank so you, why Ringo. Are you there, Jeff? I know. Well, but um, because uh, they pay me to be. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, that that's difficult. Um, I mean, it's not really that difficult. If, if there's something that is egregious in someone's life that you can go, listen, you getting up here and and the way you're living off stage is totally counter to the way that you're living on um, that that's that's not going to work we need to take a step back um, but at the same time you also want to be able to extend grace I, I think one of the things that I'm kind of passionate about is doing whatever we can to take some of the allure off of the polish and to say you know guys listen we're messed up um, on stage sometimes um, the struggle that that I have is kind of like how Brianna said, you know, there are times where you have have said, you know what, I just need a week, you know, or a month. You know, um, there was a there was one time in ministry uh, and, and you guys are all, were a part of it where I mean, my life just broke down and I just said, guys, and it was literally I was coming home to lead a Thursday worship service. And I just said, I, I can't I'm out. Like I'm a hundred percent out and you guys had to step up. Um, and I'm super grateful for that. Those kind of opportunities are few and far between for professional pastors. Mm. And, and those, there have been many times, uh, particularly since that day where I have not, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it where I have led the music knowing good and well right now, this is not how Mm. I feel. And the problem is I can't get up and say, guys, I'm, I'm not like, feeling it. I'm today. not feeling yeah. it. I'm not feeling it. Yeah. And because you have to feel it a hundred percent of the time. And that to me is, is stressful because you know, there, there are just times where you're going right now. Um, my home life is a wreck mm-hmm. or my professional life is a wreck or someone is sick. Um, you know, and, and you, I mean, Tim, you know, this, as a pastor, you've got to get up and you still have to deliver, which is sort of interesting because the thing that I have found is that in my most honest moments of getting up, um, the times that I have been the most honest have actually been when I'm preaching, when I can get up and say, guys, when I'm up on stage, I'm actually totally not okay some of the times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the grace that has been given to me by other people who go, no, 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 I'm, I'm totally there. Um, you're, you're, you're okay. You know, it's weird to me that that we have received that grace and we've received that kindness from people who have said it's okay to not be okay. And yet there's still the temptation, not even the temptation, but there's just this struggle every week to go, 
I can sort of just let my guard down. Mm-hmm. And if I get emotional, I have to do it at, not that I have to do it, but it, it can, and it has to be at specific times. Like if I were to get up and just cry through a, a song, that's going to be really weird. But if it's in a, a certain context and people go, okay, that's, that's nice. And so I, I don't know. I mean, like that is, that is a struggle. Didn't answer your question at all. Uh, but I mean, honestly, it, you know, that is the thing where it is a tough line to walk between the people you have up on stage is, does their life line up? And if it doesn't, is there still grace there? Um, because I think we on stage have this sense of, we have to be perfect up on stage. I don't know that that is necessarily the way that the people are feeling out there. I Maybe think I, I mean, I could be wrong, but yeah. you know, I share some of those. I, sh- I share those feel. I mean, sometimes we get up to worship. It's hard to get up and lead worship and in a way that is honest and truthful if you're mad at God, mm-hmm. yeah. if you're angry with the Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that's when you fall. I mean, when I fall back on um, it being a sacrifice mm-hmm. of praise, yeah. right? Like that's, that's something I'm going to give to God even if I'm not feeling it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still going to do it because mm-hmm. he is worthy of it, right? So it doesn't matter how I'm feeling in this particular moment. And the people on stage, I mean, gosh, I mean, can I just be... Um, real for a second. Can we look at King David and how screwed mm-hmm. up he was? Like, and he was still leading. Yeah, people. but he and wasn't paid. Like, he wasn't well, a paid pastor. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, right. I think sometimes we can get pretty judgmental about people on stage and like, are they living their lives right? I totally yeah. understand that, um, and I know that's a fine uh, line to walk. And how are you going to thread that needle? I'm glad I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's y'all's job, not mine. Um, but, <laughs> um, but I, I want, I want to worship with people who are there to worship. Right. I don't really care what they're doing. Off, I mean, I guess that's wrong. But again, I have the luxury of saying it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. I mean, I guess the the hypothetical scenario is if your guitar player is a recovering addict and he or she relapses, you know, it's like oh, okay. Gosh, I yeah. don't think that's wrong. Yeah. I don't think that's yeah. wrong. So let him go. Let him stay. I don't let him stay. Okay. You know, like I think because I think God can change you through mm-hmm. worship, mm-hmm. and I think if you're coming with a if you're coming in humility mm-hmm. and you're coming to worship, mm-hmm. um, maybe God can use that. I think he can. I think God, I've, I mean, I've seen that happen. Yeah. Um, so, but again, I don't, I don't have to thread that needle. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> my, I guess, I guess my response to that would be if our role as worship leaders is to bring our very best offering, if we know that there's somebody on stage that if we were to go, is this your best? And, and not just like on stage, I'm not just talking about, are you playing the chords right? But is your heart in the, in a spot at least where you're trying to have it be right? Or is it just like, this is who I am, but you know, like, I don't know. I mean like that, that's, that's the. Well, that, I think it's different if someone's coming with a bad attitude. Sure. And I have asked someone, I, I have once had to ask someone, listen, clearly something is awry this yeah. morning and you need to sit down. Yeah. And I, I said, mean, no, <laughs> I said, I'm not going to do it. You my <laughs> But I, lo- I, I mean, at Faith, we haven't had, to my knowledge, I, I haven't witnessed that at Faith. Mm-hmm. I think p- the people who are involved, thankfully, and, uh, you know, I think it's, I, I'm going to pay Jeff a compliment here. I yes. Think, yeah. Mm. I think I think it speaks to the leadership. Yeah. Um, everyone gets along. You know, there hasn't been any drama or anything like that. We've never, I've never witnessed us having to say, look, you came with a, a bad attitude, so you need to sit down. Yeah. Um, so. You know, playful bickering and all that kind of stuff. Oh, but that's yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. it's good natured. But sure. I mean, I mean, that's that's the thing is I, I tell the band. Listen, I don't know if I should say this, but I get, listen, I'm not a Nazi, 
You know, I mean, I know I'm going to extend grace. You know, there's, if you're going to be late, if you're, you know, a lot of times it's, I don't expect you to play it perfectly. I expect you to, to, I don't expect you to play it like the CD. Right. You know, if, if we wanted to sound like the CD, we would just play the CD. Right. They do it better. Right. But God has gifted you with an ability to be creative, add your voice to the mix. My job is to say whether or not it works. Right. Yeah. And, and so then if, if that, if that works, if you're trying something, um, my favorite, my favorite parts of, of worship rehearsal are when somebody does something that it's out of the blue. It is their expression. And I get the opportunity to look at them and go, absolutely do that again. When our drummer does something, when our guitar players do something, when our bass, you know, when, when somebody does something that you go, that was, that was you. Yeah. So go do that again, because that was, that was great. And it elevated what we're doing. Um, that, that to me is, is such a, a joy to be able to do that. And then to see people thrive in that. So here's the deal. We had four questions uh, that we were going to discuss. I don't think we talked about a single one of them. I mean, I think we did the first one, and then we just... And you know what? While, while I have this idea, I want to punch through the rabbit hole one more time. So you, you mentioned professional pastors. You said don't have that luxury, mm-hmm. right? Because you're paid to do a job. So uh, I'm trying to... I, and I, what, I'm, what I don't want to do is elevate the clergy position above any other profession right. at this point in time. So... Uh, but you can you can have a bad day and be a construction worker going going to work right as a lawyer if you have to litigate like you know even if oh, you're in lawyers, a bad lawyers can always be in a bad mood. okay right are you <laughs> a lawyer I didn't, yeah I didn't if you have you litigate going to litigate but what we're talking about here and and I'm trying to I'm trying to just process it out loud we're talking about leading worship which requires authenticity mm-hmm. but yes. what if you can't be authentic. What if you just get, what if you, what if your authenticity will completely ruin that time of worship? What if there's a day where, uh, you know, something is just, just ravishly bad and ravishly, is that a word? Anyway, where it's just really rough, right? And I'm, and it's a Saturday and I'm supposed to preach on that Sunday and I just get up and say, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to be honest, am I going to be real? I'm going to be authentic. What I'm about to tell you is going to completely ruin all of your days as well. But for, you know, but if I want to get up and preach the scripture, I got to be authentic. Like, I don't know that, I don't know that we have a church system where there's room for that. Well, I think that's, I, I think I speak to that because one of the best advices I've ever, advices. Best, I know, I Ravish, it, I ravishly, it, ravishly advices. <laughs> the, one of the best pieces of advice, <laughs> you got me thinking about it. One of the best, best piece of advice, best piece of advice, wisdom that I received in regards to leading worship is you can't take people somewhere you aren't going. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so that's good, but it's a significant amount of weight. Mm-hmm. And the problem is if a pastor, if a worship leader gets up and basically says, you know what? I'm really ticked at God today. Mm-hmm. Today, my life sucks. Now let's stand up and sing. Right. Right. There's no room for that. There's no, no. room. And, no. and and that's one of the things where you have to go, you have to balance and say, in this moment, my calling, whether it's paid or not, it's a, it's a calling to be up there and to lead people in worship. People, I believe, want to look at the people who are leading them and say, I trust that this person kind of has some things together mm-hmm. and it's it's a matter of of what's the word i'm looking for uh, discernment for when we can kind of drop that guard a little bit and say okay not everything is perfect so like good christian people this podcast we have a time of confession at the end of every episode we're not telling you all our worst stuff but we are telling you stuff that is honest and say, here, here is kind of the, the, here are the cracks. Here are the things where I, I drop the ball. And 
And that to me is where I, I think as, as a pastor, as a worship leader, you have to figure out. Point to the smoke that shows the fire, basically. Yeah. And, and there are days where you just have to say, you know what? I'm not feeling it. Um, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do my very, very best. You guys know, we've told the church about kind of my struggles that have been fairly recent with anxiety and stage fright. And uh, I have to, before the service begins, just go off and be by myself and just kind of go, what words are you going to say? And then I have to rehearse them mm-hmm. because I don't trust myself to get up there and, and to, to say it correctly. And so what happens is I'm kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit. Many times I look like I know exactly what I'm doing up there and I'm, I'm scared as can be yeah, that I, I'm going to say something wrong. And I, no, I get that. And what I'm, I'm saying, and I, I understand that I would give the same answer, but is it the right answer? Like your anxiety and you know, all that kind of, I'm not minimizing it, yeah. but you know, that's, that is, that is a thorn in your side that you constantly give to the Lord that you seek to allow the Holy Spirit to, right. to overcome. But if life uh, you know, if you're, if you're, or if you're just, you've fallen off the wagon, uh, mm-hmm. in, in whatever is your vice and your sin and all that kind of stuff. And I, I don't think the church has room for pastors to just on a weekly basis or something say, I know I'm paid to do this, but I, I gotta, I gotta roll. I just can't, I can't do it. Like you did it the once, right? Yeah. But if that was an everyday thing, I'm just, I'm confessing that I'd be like, all right, dude, there's a problem right. here. There's something Absolutely. here. Absolutely. But is that an okay response? Like if if we're all going to be a part of an authentic community and seek to have authentic worship where we're all on the on just on the level with everybody, is that is it's the fact that we pay one person versus the, the fact that we don't pay another person? Should we really expect you to suck it up, like just suck it up and lead worship? Just go on the autopilot. Well, I'm not, I, I'm not judging. I, I, you need to say something real quick, but. I want to I want to clarify too when we have this conversation and we've thrown it around a lot that I get paid Brown doesn't get paid we get paid a little bit now, but the the payment is just sort of like so we can live and support our families yeah. and do stuff. I'm not showing up sure every single Sunday and Thursday night because of money, Correct. right? Like if you if you let me just here's a here's I'm just, a note. I'm challenging the system here to yeah. see if there's something that is wrong. I would I would say if there is a continual spiritual struggle. Then, then as a church, we need to give grace to that. You probably should not be leading on a regular basis. And so that, to me, is is there need—yeah, there are going to be times where you spiritually struggle, and you spiritually like, man, me and God, we're at odds today. We'll work it out, you know? I mean, there, there are times, you know, in, in marriage where you were like, man, me and the spouse, we're, we're at odds today, but— we will work this out. And, and, but if it's a constant, I'm just every week or every other week or once a month, I'm going, I'm just not in the right headspace to worship Jesus today. Then after a while, it's like, then maybe spiritual leadership, this is not the time for you. And this is not the calling. Um, and so just, I know you wanted to say something. Um, so I, I guess I would question at this point, we're, we're talking a lot about um, individuals, and like individual struggles leading worship. And yeah. in my experience, there are certain styles of worship, like conger, like um, denominationally, like mm. look at like a Catholic mass where uh, worship isn't necessarily led by an individual. It's led communally, like mm-hmm. congregational worship. Is that perhaps a fault of our church where we're so de- imported or so focused on a single person's ability to lead worship that we can't take, we can't let that person take a step back and just say like, hey, today, you know, I got to take a step back. 
let's all worship together. Sure. I, I think that's what you're asking. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, well, I think the answer to your question is yes. <laughs> there is a flaw mm-hmm. in the way that, because I don't, I don't think there is much room, if any, um, for the ones who are leading to not be okay sometimes and to say, I need to be ministered to today. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where I am. I need to be ministered to and sit on the spiritual dugout bench mm-hmm. um, and not be the one to lead. Mm-hmm. I know that about myself because how's God going to, don't you think God's going to use that more than somebody who's just like, whatever, I'm getting a paycheck, so I need to stand up. I'm not saying that right. anybody else in this, I'm not saying that you guys have suggested that. Anyway. I've yeah. been on, I've preached on autopilot before. Totally. Yeah. You, you, because like, what is the, where is the grace to allow for that? Right. Sure. Like where, how are we set up so that you can say, you guys, I'm going through something and I need to take, I know I can do that because I'm not, you know, I'm not the one leading on staff. Right. Like I can say, listen, I just found out some, something really terrible and right. I, I'm pissed about it and I need to sit down. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can do that and it's no big deal, but you guys don't really get to do that. Um, like once Saturday morning rolls around, we're locked. Exactly. Like there's no room yeah. for me to be sick. Right. There's no room no. for but you to be like sick. That? But I think our congregation is like that too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of churches are like that. Like if people, I mean, obviously, and we've talked about this before. Um, how are you doing? Okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> people don't really want to know how you're doing. They want to feel okay at the end of that conversation. They want to know things are fine, right? Like, so I don't know that m- many churches now promote authenticity. Right, and does does in this, let's bring this back to the fore, the the front. Does authentic worship require the mask to be taken off? Like, is I think that it does. can can I you worship in the masquerade? Or, I, or, and I think we've all described moments of our worship that's been most powerful to us, and I think that's when we've said, forget about it. I don't care who right. sees me snot coming yeah. out of my nose. Right. I don't care right. what, whatever. Yeah, right. yeah. I think, I think um, yes, you, there has to be some mask coming off. I think there has to be some wisdom. Mm-hmm. You can't just go up and just willy-nilly, just be unwise. I don't sure. think people who, who lead their lives that way are the ones who are being called to lead. Mm. Um, but I think there, you do that with wisdom. And I think, I mean, I can only speak for myself personally. I, it's me getting on my face in front of the Lord before I go up to lead worship. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. I'm spending time with the Lord and saying, um, I'm going to do this. I don't feel like doing it. Mm. I don't know how you're going to use it, but I'm going to do it anyways. You know, because I know. Didn't you just tell us to I make did. sure that our phones were I'm on silent? I'm sorry. I don't know why that happened. Well, <laughs> leave, just it leave, it leave it leave in. Leave it in. Leave it in. Yeah, so I would I would say in terms of that authenticity, yes, but, and I don't know how to communicate this, I think there are times where you can have that authenticity with God to say, God, I'm not feeling it today, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, I'm going to go out and be obedient. Yes. But we don't have to walk up into the microphone and say, sure. ladies and gentlemen, I ain't here today. <laughs> Let's sing. Public confession of sin does not have to right. be to the whole community. Right, right. And I, and I would say, and, and maybe this is a flaw in, in my view of leadership, is that there are times where, as a pastor, you aren't feeling what you're doing. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and maybe, you know, it would it be great to be able to say, you know what, I just need a me day. You know, like, I need a day to kind of step back. Sure. That does sound pretty pretentious, don't you say it that way? Exactly. Yeah. But... I also think that there are times where you go, you know what, today I'm not, I can't, I can't get there. I'm going to do my best to lead these people and then trust that the sole responsibility of worship is not on me. 
Um, that we can put forth an offering to say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice. I may not be there right now, but I'm going to, to, to play my best. I'm going to sing my best. I'm going to focus in on what's happening and trust that the people of God who came to experience God, that it's not all on my shoulders. Mm. Um, and that's why over and over again, I try to reinforce with people your experience in worship is dependent on you. Yeah. It's not dependent on me. It's not dependent on Brianna or on Tim. Our job is to eliminate distractions. We are. It is our job to create an atmosphere in which we facilitate a meeting between God and man and do whatever we can to make it flow well and to not have distractions. If I become a distraction, then I've not done my job. Um, if we can get up and, and be broken before God but still go out there and give our best offering— there is still the opportunity for people to engage with the Spirit of God and to still give their offering. If they show up and they don't want to, if they show up and they're not in a space where they go, you know what, I want to worship God today and I'm going to go for it no matter what happens, there's not anything we can do to make you to, to get there. It's your choice. Um, and so it's it's our job to be as faithful as we can in every situation. However, there is a responsibility on the worshiper to come up and to say, regardless of how the music sounds, regardless of how the message is, I'm going to communicate and I'm going to commune with God today. Um, that's on, that's on all of us. Um, the worshipers included, if they expect us to, to come and make them worship, um, no. then it's not going to work. Yeah, I hear you. I was, I was trying to present a flaw of being too mm, human centric, too man centric, the sure. people who were up there. And uh, and I appreciate your response. Your response is the flaw is not in that dynamic. The flaw is in my premise that it was never. Uh, it, it's 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 never our job in the first place. It's always spirit driven, right? The yeah. Holy Spirit is the one who conjures the worship. Conjures a terrible word. Yeah. Not the person on the stage. Mm-hmm. Well, but but uh, no. But then I'll, I'll go back. I think your premise is correct. I think there is a responsibility on both sides. So it would be too easy for me to get up and say, you know what, guys, um, we're here. We turn on the microphones. It's your job to worship. Like we have to be doing our preparation. We have to be giving our very best offering. If we're not, then then we're going to stand before God, going, "Why did you not do that? If you could have done better, if you could have prepared more, um, if you could have just really focused in, you know, that's on that's on you." Well, I will say too. I mean, the the beauty of being authentic in worship and in leading worship, especially in a church family. Mm-hmm. Um, where we know each other yeah. and we, you know, people have been open and honest about what they're dealing I mean, you know, some aspects of what they're dealing with. I'm much more willing to accept that. I'm much yeah. more, I'm much more willing to participate knowing like, oh my gosh, like I know what this person's going through and here they are standing up on the mm-hmm. stage and leading anyways. That's yeah. really powerful. Yeah. And know? that's, I, I've mentioned this on the podcast before. I don't know that I would ever be, uh, if I was not in ministry, a mega church kind of guy. Like, hey, there's a cool mega church, so let's go yeah. there. Where I don't know anybody. Yeah. When I don't have that connectivity, right. when I have no idea who the pastor is, what he's struggling with, I have no con- connectivity with the worship leader, um, you know, just because I can't get in the green room. Like, I just, I don't think, that's just my own personal right. experience yeah. right. um, and preference. Guys, this is uh, definitely going to be the longest podcast Probably in the history of podcasts. Blame Brianna? Not, yeah, Sorry. absolutely. Okay. That's why, I, I believe that's why Paul says, don't let women speak. I mean, oh. we would have oh. had, okay. <laughs> no, we are going to have a women in ministry uh, podcast nice. sometime. Um, it'll be just the three of us guys talking about it. Yeah. Uh, so listen, here's here's the deal. I know we've gone long, but we're just going to, we're going to lean into it. Um, 
And so we're going to we're going to move into a time of confession. We'll try to move through this pretty quick. But the beauty is next week when we come back, we have four questions that we get to deal with because we didn't touch on them at all today. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, no, this was good. This was a good discussion. Um, we didn't really deal with a lot of behind. the. I guess we did some behind a the scenes. Bit. But so confession, uh, I'll start us off. Um, to me, I confess that there are times in my worship planning where worship has just become a format and a system and as a result it can become routine four songs and a message four songs and a message somebody prays somebody does this somebody does this and then and then i try to go okay in this small time that i have these four songs um what is tim preaching on how can we reinforce and then i go and go all right well who's playing today and who's who do we have or you know what are the, what's the personnel we can use and and do we have an orchestra? Do we have this? And then, you know, put four songs in, send it out to everybody, and then we're good to go. And, and a lot of times, you know, there is, if you've done something long enough, you can you can kind of do it on autopilot, which is not necessarily a bad thing. If you, I don't say if you're good at your job, because that sounds egotistical, but if, you, if you've done something long enough, you kind of get into a rhythm of, of how mm-hmm. you can be successful in it, and you don't have to do all of the hard work every single time. But that can too often, to me sort of become routine. The structures are good, um, but you can become dependent on them. And that happens everywhere. But I'm, I'm really grateful that in 2021, we are uh, working to kind of break through some of those structures and formats. And we have some plans to, to change things up on a regular basis that are going to be challenging. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. Who else wants to talk about how bad they are? Tell me your sins, daughter. Um, okay, I told Jeff what I was going to say before. Um, I got here, so my confession <laughs> is that uh, I'm guilty of going off script a little bit. <laughs> is that guilt? I don't During know. During the worship. I'll just say that if there's a new person doing the words on the slides, they are warned about me specifically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or about me only. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I grew up, again, I grew up in the Assemblies of God, so I didn't, I mean, when I came to faith, I was like, oh my gosh, like only sing the words on the screen. I think right. we had a whole debate about a word that was like grammatically incorrect. And I could not believe we were having that conversation. I was like, do people sing the words on the screen? Like I've literally never seen this before. So yeah. um, I think yesterday I went, I revisited the bridge of a song and I didn't clarify specifically that I was going to do that. And a lot of times at the end of a song, I don't know where I'm going to go. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm going to sing the bridge or the That's how chorus. I end my messages. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. Whatever right. happens, happens. It's always good to prepare a little, not a lot. And I, Oh, I also don't... I, I rarely practice. That's you would confession. never notice. I rarely practice. So... Yeah. That's confession time. That's, so basically your confession was that we as a church are bad because we're too rigid. It's a little rigid. Yeah. Well, but so you know what, though? In defense of that, one of the things that I know Pops had instilled in me in, in terms of early in ministry, and I appreciated this, was um, God honors preparation. That a lot of times it's very easy. You just, it took a while for you to roll your entire <laughs> eyes all the way around your head. Um, but, I mean, if, if God knows what he's going to have us do, like you can trust that he'll tell you that and that you you work through a plan and then you, you go. Uh, to me... You know, and I, we've we've gone around about this a lot and 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 good fun, but it's just sometimes to me it's like if God kind of knew what we were gonna do, like He's not gonna be like surprise, let's do this. I don't know what I'm. I'm God. I'm crazy. You know. So, I'm gonna one up both of you because okay. the not prepare and the prepare, but I'm gonna say God honors timely preparation. 
Oh dang! Oh, okay. Emily, can I hear? Preparation. <laughs> Uh, but here's the my enemy con- of me. Enemy here's of my, my confession. Friend. Talking about timely preparation, there's a stigma in church life, especially in pastoral leadership, about the the teaching pastor who doesn't really care to pay attention to the song leading pastor mm-hmm. because it's just a lead up to his message, and you know, so I'm not going to pay attention. I'm just going to like look through my notes and all that kind of stuff to get ready for my sermon. Uh, I'm not immune to that. Uh, certainly, it's not. Uh, I you know I don't do it all the time for sure, but there have been. You know, a couple times in a couple different churches where I have not been um, confident in my message. And so I've basically said, you know what, I'm not going to pay attention to the song at all or these songs at all. I'm just going to pay attention to my notes. But what I have found on the flip is that when I worship through song well, I'm most prepared for my message because the spirit is indwelling as opposed to me just leaning on my memory of what my notes are. So I want to affirm you because I know I know you can feel that way. I think we can all feel that way. I've never worked with another pastor who understood worship as well as you do. All the other ones were terrible. No, they were I mean a lot of them were much smarter, but they uh <laughs> but they you are invested in the worship experience. Like a lot of people uh, that I have worked with and I I have seen, they basically go I'm on from the start of the message to the end and I get everybody saved, but everything that happens before that, mm-hmm. that's somebody else's responsibility and you you speak into what's happening and you also allow us to kind of speak into the messages mm-hmm. and what's going to happen and how to craft that. Well, let me and, affirm you that you often, and your father more than you, um, <sighs> you are gracious in the curveballs that I throw. Like if I just, like at the, at the end of a message or something like, or at the end of a song, I'm like, I'm just walking up on stage and I'm going to say something. Yeah. Or I'm going to like. I thought that was going to be your confession. A lot I do of times it to, I walk up and I speak into Brianna's ear at the keyboard and I uh-huh. sing the last line twice <laughs> and then go back to verse one, sing it three times, then go back to the chorus. <laughs> sing it in Spanish. <laughs> Which is so hypocritical because if I tell you anything five minutes before your sermon, yeah, you're true. not listening. It's so, going right true. over your head. <laughs> Talk about flexibility. So in the modern worship, it's hard, at least the way we have a structure here, maybe in the AG church, you can just sing whatever you want. No you words can. on the screen. Absolutely. But in the classic service where there's so many hymns that are ingrained into my mind yeah. and the hymns that all the people in the pew already know and we have a pianist and an organist who can just like play the hymns by memory, um, I I'll way, way too often at the end of a message would be like, you know what, we were playing on singing Blessed Assurance, but now we're going to sing to you. I'll be, you know, just, just yeah. like curveball and your dad goes, all right, and yeah. you just sing it. No words on the screen, we just sing yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I'm thankful for you guys being able to take graciously the curveballs. No, I, I was going to hit that in the, uh, I was going to hit that in the, and when we were going to talk about how our church kind of structure things, but it it is neat. And we'll talk about it next week, but it, it is really rewarding to be able to have a pastor to work alongside who is, is pivotal and involved in shaping everything that we do because it feels like we're quote the songs before you sing them. Oh, yeah. yeah, that should be your oh, other. Oh, by the way, yeah, <laughs> guys, uh, we've said so... many weeks. Listen, I want the first two lines of Tim's sermon so that I can say them. Yeah. Right, right before he if gets you on watch the stage. Us, if don't, you watch us, we live, don't have oh. much thunder, and you're always stealing it, man. I mean, I really. Tell you. <laughs> if you watch live or uh, you know on broadcast, and I, we pointed this out in staff meeting this week, <laughs> Tim will always quote. A song yeah. in a prayer, yeah. or no a, element or a lead of surprise. Yeah. Or, and it may not be. It may not be the song we're just about to sing. Very often it is, uh, but. And there, there have been times where you've really scared me because you started quoting a song that we weren't that we're singing not right we're, then, and we're we like, to be? "What do we do?" <laughs> he already quoted it. Josie, did you have anything? I've got tons of stuff. 
confess. To confess. I mean, like, I, I could go on for hours and hours, but I think we'll probably want to talk about some of this stuff next week. Confess um, next week, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, the, the big thing for me, um, being uh, the, the, the recording engineer, um, is that my entire life... Um, I can't remember the last time I participated in corporate worship. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. Um, it, it has been, if not a decade more, hmm. um, just because I've always been at the sound booth and then we started doing recording and then I got locked in this like little cave where I'm now like a, a little troll. Right. Um, <laughs> and like that, that's also another part of the confession is like, I can't remember the last time I participated, yeah. but also I find it very hard sometimes to participate even when I'm here. Like, um, I'm, I'm sure next week we'll talk about like worship, not being like in that congregational sense, but sometimes through the actions you take, like our sound guys, they, they participate in right. worship doing the things that mm-hmm. they do. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel that I participate in worship, um, uh, doing what I do, yeah. but sometimes it's just hard to connect because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm in a room by myself, like 50 feet away from, you're you know, doing a job. Everyone That's else weird is. that you're yeah. not able to overcome that in that room by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you been up in that room before? No. Oh, we're going to take you on a tour in two minutes. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Everyone. I'm, I'm Brianna. I'm here in this room. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't hear my from me. My phone number and, is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do our great Christian people next week. How about that? Okay. That's fine. Yeah. I had somebody really, really good, but we'll that's uh, for next week. We'll okay. save it's it. A, well, it's, but a good, I, it's a good hook. It is a good hook. So, Brianna, thank you so much for being a part of this You're episode. You are the man. Uh, looking forward to having you next week as we will talk about all the things we intended to talk about <laughs> on the episode this week. Guys, thank you for hanging with us on this uh, this extra long episode, which we didn't think was going to be extra long, but here we are. If you haven't already, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GCP Pod. You can email us, Council Bluffs, if you're unhappy with what Brianna said, goodchristianpod at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to continue our discussion on worship, looking at how we can strengthen our corporate and personal worship experience in our unique context. It's a new year, and we are going to work to be the best people that we can be. Until then, be a good worshiper. (laughs) Be good. to Good Christian People, the podcast. Today's episode was recorded on December 28th, 2020 by Jeff Higgins and Tim Byer, two pastors living in beautiful Glen Burnie, Maryland. If you'd like to hear more of our content, please check us out online at goodchristianpod.com or by following us on Twitter at at spend the next couple of weeks talking about worship talking about art and music you're gonna have to back all that up aren't you quiet on the set